Welcome to Plain Talk. Plain Talk has over 100 podcasts containing up-to-date information about aviation technologies and pilot experiences for general and business aviation. From home to cockpit to boardroom to personal tech, Plain Talk provides informative information for pilots, industry insiders, and aviation enthusiasts alike. My name is Phil Lightstone. I'm a general aviation pilot with over 2,100 hours in my logbook, flying almost every week with over 30 years experience in the technology and aviation industries. We're here at Sun and Fun 2023, Thursday, at a really cool Sun and Fun event in the Diamond uh, VIP area with some really neat guys. We got Jared Curtis, uh, Diamond 18 test pilot, and we've got Grover McNair, who's a ferry pilot ferrying all kinds of cool airplanes for lifestyle, in, including, of course, uh, Diamond. Gentlemen, thank you so much, and welcome to the Plane Talk cockpit. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, our pleasure. So, what's it like, uh, day in the life of a Diamond test pilot? Lots of paperwork. Oh, really? Well, yeah, Crap. lots of paperwork, a little bit of flying. I was hoping it was going to be a lot of bit, a lot of flying and almost no paperwork. Oh, I wish. Uh, maybe someday we'll uh, do it like the big boys where you get a flight test engineer. Even better, c- connected cockpit, telemetry, to the ground, the engineers emailing you real time with do this, do that, try this. Do we uh, ever see that in the horizon? Uh, maybe. It's uh, usually a little bit more methodical than that. Uh, lots and lots of ground briefing, especially with experimental flying. It's uh, You spend more and more time ground briefing and getting things ready and mitigating risk and all those types of things. The production flying is more prescribed, so you don't, not as much ground briefing. So that's uh, an equal amount of uh, paperwork and flying. The experimental stuff's more paperwork than flying. How many hours would you fly a year? Uh, I average on a regular year about 350 hours a year maybe. Uh, I think my best year was closer to 600, but there was a wow. lot more uh, helping out the sales folks that year than Oh, perfect. Than normal. Grover, how much do you the, fly? Uh, usually around 150 hours a year. It, it, it varies. Uh, I'm a contract pilot, so I, I'm not employed by Diamond, but I do get to fly their planes pretty regularly, which and they, is nice. And they pay you even better. Yeah, exactly. You know, no complaints. So what's your most favorite Diamond airplane to fly? The 42NG. Okay, yeah, nice. That's, that Diesel? Yeah, yeah, it's a twin diesel, and it's probably, it's, it's very fast, it's very efficient. It's not too large. It's, the 62 flies great, but I, I just care. If, I like the 42s. What's your favorite? Uh, well, it kind of depends on the mission. The 20 is spinnable. Ooh. I was going to teach you to fly. The 40 is probably my first choice. Yeah. The 42 is the fastest one in the fleet, so if I'm going to go somewhere by myself, uh, I'll take the 42. If I'm going to take my family, I'd probably take a 62 because it's much more comfortable and larger. What's your thoughts on the, the new uh, 50? I uh, spent a little bit of time with the 50 recently, um, flying it myself, and started uh, demonstrating it more and more to the to the general public. I probably have about 80 hours or so in it now. Wow. Um, and we're just getting ready to send it out on its demo tour. So. And correct me if I'm wrong, it's certified uh, uh, in the United States now? Uh, not yet. I uh, was really hoping that we could announce that here at the show. Uh, everything has been submitted to the FAA for the validation exercise. It's certified in Europe, but we should we should have it uh, soon. 
So maybe just in time for Oshkosh. I, I hope so. I'm, I'm still crossing my fingers that we'll get a random press release before the end of this show. But well, I could uh, whip one up for you. No problem. Uh. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Jarrett's got about 80 more hours in it than I do. Uh, but I'm, I'm still waiting on a, a ride, ride in the 50, yeah. Yeah, it's a great airplane. It's probably about the most stable diamond that's in the entire fleet right now. So, uh, Wheels in the well, go high, go fast. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not quite as fast as the 62, but there's about 100 and, depending on your power setting, you get 150 knots at about 70% power and about 160 knots at 80% power at about at around 6,000 feet. Obviously, if you want to go higher, yeah. you can do that. I just, I don't like getting hypoxic for no reason. Have you had an opportunity to fly the E diamonds yet? I uh, have not. I don't think there's any flying just yet, but I'm really looking forward to uh, either flying the one that Austria is working on or uh, the folks out in Utah whenever they get theirs ready to go. I've seen some great marketing material on the uh, on the uh, e-machines. Yeah. Uh, spoken with the folks in Utah about the e-Bowsers that they're creating to, you know, to allow the new electric diamonds to be rapidly charged, uh, just as a fuel truck would drive up to an aircraft and pump it full of uh, diesel uh, or Jet A or um, 100 low lead, so will this new e-Bowser come in, plug it in, hang out for 20 minutes, fully charged, good to go. Yeah, that'll yeah. be interesting. Well, and the super exciting thing about those guys is that they uh, recycle their batteries. So when the batteries are no longer uh, have enough capacity to meet the requirements of the airplane, they recycle them into those Bowsers and they get a second life. So we're not just uh, environmentally taking, friendly, taking batteries and yeah. throwing them in the, the landfill. It'll be interesting to see as you Diamond conquers the, uh, the training world with that paradigm shift, the, uh, you know, as you start converting... 150s and 172s to a completely different environmentally friendly paradigm it will be interesting to say the least yeah it's super exciting to see where it goes i really hope that they come up with some standardization on how they charge the airplanes though that that's the thing that might vary as the all the new technology comes out i just hope there's some sort of standard to make it easier for everyone i, I think that the the great news is our friends at um, Tesla has started that entire paradigm shift. So have you found uh, a lot of the attendees at Sun and Fun here looking at or talking about electrification of aircraft? I haven't heard a whole lot just yet. Uh, we have um, we have all of our partners from the factory here that are doing most of the sales talking. So um, I haven't uh, spent much time with that. Personally. We could run a big electrical cord to to the uh, to the 50 just for fun and put a little sign <laughs> on the horizon elect e the e da 50 <laughs> what DA, do you think the da 50 e, e of course da 50 e yes model. there you go totally the, no doubt and you know our lifespan our lives we'll see well, that migration aviation is changing so radically and so fast now it's, it's unbelievable and I, I definitely think at least Maybe hybrid, maybe electric. Who knows, hydrogen? But I kind of doubt that. But I think the, the horizon is uh, infinite for aviation right now. Oh, interesting. NASA and the U.S. Air Force, I believe, could be completely wrong, are funding some R&D work into hydrogen fuel cells. 
Yeah, and even uh, Toyota in the automotive world has started doing an awful lot uh, with with yeah. hydrogen fuel cells now. So yeah. I think it's coming. You think so? I, I think so. Mm. Uh, fossil fuels, you yeah. know, the, the whole stigma of that, that world. Yeah. That'll, I think, drive change. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely is. It'll certainly be interesting. I think the biggest challenge, and it's just a speed bump, is the electrification of airport infrastructure to facilitate charging a whole fleet of EDA-40s in a training in, uh, environment. The, obviously, the, the, for the average GA airport, I would expect the electric infrastructure is very light and cheerful. To Probably the biggest draw would be the runway and taxi lights. And Now we got like 20 airplanes needing to be charged in 20 minutes for the next round of students yeah there's uh there's some some airports out there as they develop their um as they develop their infrastructure have been adding in electric charging capability or at least the underground infrastructure to support uh electrification as they've been upgrading uh i don't know how many of you guys have been out but i i prefer to stop at small GA airports and self-serve fuel even when I'm ferrying the diamonds rather than large FBOs and I do the same. A lot of the small airports the infrastructure is starting to crumble so it's it's a good time to upgrade and start adding those things in. Yeah, absolutely. I think flight schools typically that are that have started to use some of the electric airplanes are using or creating their own charging uh, resource for it. Um, so that that but that's more private than public. So uh, I've been chatting with some organizations that have built uh, energy as a service. Yeah, there so you go. Where, whereby they invest all the capital and then charge on a per use basis. Yeah, airports generally have a lot of area, so you know they could pretty easily put in solar r- arrays that sure. that would you know, generate quite a bit of power and uh, potentially be not self-sufficient. In, even not, not in the wintertime in Montana. Oh, <laughs> oh, probably not. I live in the south. Yeah, well, there you go. There you go. So, what's on the um, horizon, fellows, at uh, at Diamond? Uh, right now, we're working on finishing up all the Phase Three avionics upgrades uh, for the DA62 and the DA40. They bring us up to the latest and greatest Garmin standard. Obviously, we have the DA50 coming out here. Uh, it's already out, but um, have the certification done here, start making deliveries uh, hopefully soon this year. There's a, several over in Austria that have already been built and just ready to fly over as soon as we get the certification. So. Do you guys fly them over or ship them? Uh, fly them. So wow. anything... Not me. The DA-20s, <laughs> DA-40s are all uh, center section small enough that they'll fit in a shipping container, but the uh, the twins and the DA-50 are a little bit too big, so those will fly. So DA-50, single, North Atlantic... Winter time. You up for that, Grover? Um, no. No. <laughs> Quite honestly, <laughs> that's a little bit beyond my comfort zone. I admire the guys that do it. Jared, uh, I might do one or two. Well, if you need a wingman, call. <laughs> give me a call. That would be super good. Any final thoughts, fellas? Well, the Diamond is an incredible platform. Across the board, all of their planes are first class. It's just hard to beat them for efficiency, comfort speed uh, it's just, they've got it all and they're beautiful airplanes to boot jared what do you, what are your thoughts well i think the the best is yet to come we'll, we'll have to see once we get the electric stuff everything out 
And sun and fun has been great too. Went from 30, uh, uh, 30 Fahrenheit to 30 Celsius in a day coming down here. So Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for being part of the Plain Talk uh, cockpit. Okay, thank you very much. Honored to be here. Thanks for listening to this episode of Plain Talk. If you have any ideas for a future Plain Talk episode, please go to the Contact Us page at plaintalk.ca and send in your idea. Don't forget to like us at plaintalk.ca, our Facebook and LinkedIn pages, and this podcast. And never stop living the dream.